people in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. Provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. Hello and welcome to Hive Mind, the podcast for beekeepers by a beekeeper. Schoolhouse Rock was something else, wasn't it? Uh, Whether you remember watching it Saturday mornings, or, like I did, in elementary school. But uh, what I just played for you was their rendition of the preamble of the United States Constitution. And in spirit of the 4th of July, which... I'm a little late to the game here. It's passed about five days ago. However, continuing on with that spirit, I would like to do part two of a brief history lesson. Beekeeping in the United States. As always, I hope you enjoy. Now, although South America has stingless bees, many people would be surprised to know that the honeybee is not native to North America. The first honeybees traveled from England with the early settlers to the colony of Virginia. This was around 1622. Eventually more shipments would arrive in Massachusetts from 1630 through to 1638. And over the course of those years, it's thought that other shipments may have been made to New York, Pennsylvania, the Carolinas, and even Georgia. After the 13 colonies were established, it's suggested that honeybees were moving either in swarms or by shipment down the Mississippi River. These reports spanned to Connecticut in 1644, Long Island in 1670, North Carolina in 1730, Alabama in 1733, and Kentucky in 1780. Later, in the 1800s, there's speculation that bees were possibly taken to Alaska and California by Russians. However, this has not been confirmed. What has been confirmed is that large shipments to California through the 1950s persisted from the eastern states. To avoid the mountainous regions, the bees would be sent down through Panama. Speaking of the mountain states, there are no records to indicate that any shipments were made to these states. It's thought that naturally occurring swarms would break away and eventually populate these and the more northern states, Washington, Oregon, for example. Overall, There's no exact estimate for how many colonies of bees 
were introduced to North America. Most speculate over the early course of American history that honeybees were brought with the various colonists from Holland, France, and possibly even Spain. In past episodes, I've touched on both Equipment and L.L. Langstroth. However, both topics play a pivotal role in the evolution of not only American beekeeping, but beekeeping as a whole. Early colonists used straw skips. However, eventually, due to the abundance of lumber, uh, log gums began to develop. These were hollowed out portions of lumber, sometimes they even had a removable cap for ease of access. These were used up until around 1852 when L.L. Langstroth, coming from Pennsylvania, developed a patent for the hives you and I know today, or at least an early version. Before the concept of the Langstroth hive, early beekeepers had little to no control over their bee colonies. The number of bees each spring would increase and then dwindle in the fall during the harvest as most bees would be killed with the burning of sulfur as to make honey collection easier. After the invention of the Langstroth hive, new patents would hit the market around the mid-1800s including the invention of prefabricated wax foundations. The first centrifugal honey extractor in 1865, along with the first bee smokers and face veils around 1857. I should also note that in the 1820s, Moses Quinby popularized section honey. This was a simpler practice that relied on the bees depositing their honey into square frames for simple extraction and selling. Section honey in practice lost popularity around 1840 until a smaller factory-made section frame became available. Around 55 million frames were sold annually before World War I. In the twilight of the 19th century, a very obvious market for queen bees developed. Italian queens started arriving in the States by 1860, and soon the market flooded with queens from as far as Egypt, Hungary, and even the Holy Land. All the latter of which never saw success, except for the Italian. Eventually, the Italian and Carnolian queens reigned supreme, and the average price ran from around $20 to $30 each. As the 1920s drew near, a new type of colonist arrived on American shores, the arcane mites. And in 1922, women could vote, nobody could drink, and an import ban on European bees was passed to prevent further infection. This solidified the Italian queens and their brood as their gentle demeanor and their natural resistance to foul brood brought on by mites allowed them to breed quickly and efficiently. Because of the sugar shortage during World War I, honey was highly sought after. This kick-started commercial honey production. 
Over time, these more sophisticated plants were able to package and preserve collected honey more efficiently than ever before. As honey processing plants became more standardized, so did the hives and equipment used by beekeepers. The rental of hives by crop farmers began to steadily increase along with bee research. Vaccines and other supplements were developed in the 1970s to help fend off mites, foul brood, and the dreaded wax moths that we all fear today. Today, beekeeping is to many a profession and to many more a very fulfilling hobby. I hope you enjoyed your second brief history lesson focusing on the early American colonists up through the industrial age of the United States. For those of you in the States, I hope you had a very safe 4th of July. And for everyone else out there, be safe and be happy.